there. Welcome back to Legal Mumbo Jumbo with Houston divorce and family law attorney Ashley Nicole Green. This is a 10 to 15 minute session where she will discuss frequently asked questions and or provide you with some good old information on how to navigate through those areas. So let's get started with some Legal Mumbo Jumbo. Hey guys, welcome back to season three of Legal Mumbo Jumbo, episode number seven. My name is Ashley Nicole Green. I'm a family law and divorce attorney in the Houston and surrounding areas, and I'm back on the mic to talk to you about some of my favorite client successes and wins and their journey to freedom. And today's a little special because I am in Hawaii coming to you from a balcony on my iPhone because I didn't bring my computer because I'm on vacation. Um, and so aloha and I have a great ocean view and I decided, you know what, it's been a while. So let me jump on the mic on my iPhone and we're going to see if my team can make it happen and turn this into a great podcast for you all. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into story time. Um, today we're going to talk about a client full name for the purposes of confidentiality, Rachel. And Rachel's story is going to be a little unique at the beginning because you're probably going to be like, where's Ashley going with this? I'm not making the connection to how this falls into a typical client success and win and journey to freedom. But just stay with me, okay? It's all going to make sense at the end. So I'm going to start off by giving you a little background about Rachel's situation so that it all ties together and it makes sense. So Rachel... Um, had, has rather two small children, um, a young boy who is now 12 and a little girl who is, um, elementary. So like first, second grade and around November, December of last year, dad was exercising his period of possession and access and he just had a lapse in judgment. Um, and he became physical with their then 11 year old. And it escalated to the point where the DA picked up charges. He had a bond. He had bond conditions that restricted him from having physical contact with the child. Um, and at the beginning of the year, um, my client was doing her best and working with the DA and cooperating with them. But at the same time, doing her best to keep that relationship alive between the child and dad. And so she went as far as, um, you know, setting up times where dad could still have some type of access to the child that didn't violate the bond conditions um, with the help of paternal grandmother. Well, um, after a few periods of that, unfortunately, that did break down and that wasn't no longer a feasible option because of um, what grandma allowed to happen. And so my client was really in a quagmire. And she started the process at that point around April, May of going around and talking to different attorneys and trying to figure out what her options were. But after talking to a few people, she was discouraged by the time she came to me. Um, And so when she spoke to me, she said, look, Ashley, I've I've spoken to a few different attorneys at this point. I don't know what my options are, but I want to do something that's going to allow for my son and my daughter to still have relationship with their father, but obviously balancing their safety. And so this was like, you know, an interesting situation for me because typically with cases like this, I see parents literally take a circumstance like this and use it to alienate the other parent, right? The children from the other parent. And so I was like, wow, 
this is amazing. I have a mom, I have a parent who's willing to foster a relationship with the other parent by balancing what has happened. And so I said, let's do it. I was like, we can come up with something creative. We can come up with something that's going to work. We can come up with something that's going to have your son still feel like that he's protected and hopefully mend this relationship between them. And so we filed the case and we asked, you know, initially for the court to put some protective measures measures in place. The court decided that they didn't want to violate the bond conditions. So they said dad could no longer have could still no longer have access. So we had that first court date. Judge ordered us to mediation, but um, she encouraged dad to speak to me in the hallway. And so I spoke to him and I said, look, I know you haven't had the opportunity to see your son or really even speak to him um, for the, you know, last few months. Um, and I said, it's now June, because at that point, it, re- it was June top of the summer. And I said, let's see if we can start off by you guys having, you know, consistent telephone, FaceTime, Skype, whatever, electronic access. And so you could tell that he was just a good guy at the core. And he just had a lapse in judgment, you know, um, and a lot of times, you know, I give people grace because I don't know what they're going through. And in this particular circumstance, I really think it was a circumstance where he was really trying to pick himself back up. Um, after the pandemic, he just wasn't able to, and he still wasn't in a good place. You know, the pandemic had a lot of people go through a lot of challenges financially, mentally, physically, and to the point where it broke a lot of them and they're still trying to pick themselves up. And so when I extended that offer to him, you could see a glimpse of hope within him. And so he said, thank you. I, I'm, I, I would love that. And so we had about a month from the time we had court until mediation. And so we allowed for, you know, time to go by to see how that went. So by the time we went to mediation, you know, it was all positive things. We were hearing about how the phone access went and we were trying to still balance the child's desires that, that he had expressed to um, the counselor and his mom and you know Rachel was still trying to say but I want them to work on this relationship I don't want it to stay at just phone access um, we need to incorporate some other things and so I at that point um, suggested that we do family reunification therapy we do individual counseling for the child and we do some physical access right in a control setting that was safe that the child didn't feel like you know um, there was a fear for that to happen in the future also that the little girl his sister also wouldn't feel like that would happen to her because she was present when this happened to her brother and so we had a little bit of back and forth and the mediator finally at the end came in and said, okay, we have a, we have an agreement. We can go ahead and get this into, um, a mediated settlement agreement so that it could be incorporated into a, fi- a temporary order. And when I tell you my client, literally her, her shoulders just dropped. She excelled and she just smiled and she said, thank you, Ashley. And she thanked the mediator Um, because she was relieved. She was relieved that she could still have a chance to give her children the father that they needed, the other parent that they needed, that she couldn't be, you know, she couldn't be a mom and dad to them, right? She could be a mom, but they needed their dad. And so a few, um, 
days ago before I came here to Hawaii for my vacation, I um, I called her and I said, hey, Rachel, I'm checking in with you. I'm seeing how things are going. You know, at this point, um, it's been a few months. We had that start at the end of um, July. And so she said, Ashley, it's going great. Um, the kids are doing well. We're, you know, incorporating these things. We're on track. We're meeting the milestones that we hoped for. And so this was a win for my client. It was a win for dad. It was a win for these kids. And let me tell you, it was a win for me too, okay? Because there was a sense of hope in that room that day that I believed these parents truly love these kids and that they would do whatever they needed to do to make it happen. He, you know, dad had a, you know, kind of go through a moment of humiliation, right? That he had allowed himself to get out of character and to do that. And mom had to get into a sense of trust and rebuilding, right? Um, her, of her son and trusting their father again to know that things were going to be better. And so I want to take this moment to encourage you that if you are a parent who may be going through something like Rachel is, right, reach out to attorneys. Don't settle. You know, Rachel did an amazing thing because she didn't go, like she said, with the first few attorneys that she talked to because they weren't in line with what she was hoping for. And so I'm going to encourage you to keep reaching out until you find that attorney that's willing to pour into a creative solution for you and your children and the other parent. If you are the child, if you are the father um, in this particular, like the father in this particular um, situation or a mother in this particular situation, I want to give you hope. I want to give you hope that you should continue to foster that relationship to the extent that you can to the best of your abilities and don't give up on your kids. They need you more than you think. They need you more than what the other parent thinks. Um, and that you will have an opportunity to rebuild. You always have an opportunity to rebuild your, that relationship and your kids will forever be grateful for it. It would allow for them to go into adulthood and knowing that they mattered enough that their parent humiliated themselves in a moment so that they could uplift them and give them the love that they truly needed more than ever. And so if you want to chat, I'll include the information in my show notes. If you're in a situation like this, on either side, reach out. I would love to talk to you about some creative solutions that we may be able to put together um, in your particular case and things you should consider during this particular or similar circumstance. Until next time, guys. Bye for now.